welcome back to the Front Row Podcast. It was less Max Verstappen, more Max Verstappen in that race. Rin, what did you make of the British Grand Prix? Max Verstappen, the Armco barrier. But mm. um, yeah, look, it was entertaining from start to finish, I think. Towards the start, maybe after the restart, I was thinking maybe this was going to be a runaway victory for Mercedes. But, you know, things were kept interesting all the way through so yeah good race Fion good result for Ferrari and we'll get on to that but for the race as a whole what did you make of it yeah I thought it was a good race I agree with Rain. I think the uh, the midfield got lost a little bit the coverage didn't focus on that too much which I was a bit disappointed about because I think it, it was a decent race there and the, the race director just didn't really move move off what was happening at the front uh, but yeah I think overall it was a quite an entertaining race maybe not Maybe not up to the standard we've had the last few, but definitely a good race. Uh, Michael, I just send you an email. Mm. So this weekend we had a brand new format. So that was on the Friday we had a practice and a qualifying. That wasn't actually a qualifying, but was a qualifying. And then we had a sprint race on the Saturday. That wasn't a race, but was a race. Uh, then we had another practice and then the race on Sunday today. So Fionn. Are you happy with the new uh, format? Do you think it worked? Do you think it could be made better? Or do you think it should be scrapped? You know what? I haven't made up my mind on on whether it's better or not than the old setup. It definitely worked better than I thought. Uh, we didn't really get into it in the last podcast, but we were talking together before the race. And I thought it would be a, an, a, essentially an extension of the race. So the, the race would just play out over 17 laps longer didn't quite work out that way that's maybe the good thing about formula one it can be unpredictable when you get a slightly difficult track uh, and and things can go awry for people so i was i was happy enough it wasn't as boring as i thought it was going to be Graham, what was your take on it yeah i think i'll just echo what fium was saying and maybe add to it just a little bit by saying you know the the formula one qualifying process needed a bit of a shake-up so a lot of it was about coming out at the right time where you get your car positioned on track and sure there was a little bit of excitement but a lot of it was very technical so it was who blocked who on the last corner or who got the toe down the main straight at least this way we have some meaningful racing going on on a saturday and and it's just nice and fun to watch yeah, absolutely. I agree with you too. I think it just it adds more variables into it. Like more things can go wrong. We see him with Sergio Perez. Uh, ju- just things can go wrong. Like if he had done that in qualifying, you come in, you change your tires, you go back out, and you you set your lap, and you're fine. It's it's much more risky, and it can create a lot more, you know, problems for teams. But anyway, as we have started doing, we'll move on to the race on the Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about the bottom three teams. So that's Haas, Williams and Alfa Romeo. Not a bad result for Alfa Romeo. Kimi Räikkönen was doing well right up until the end. Uh, I haven't seen anything on that weather. Was it... Um, who who did he make contact with? Was it Perez, Perez I think, in the end? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anything on that whether Perez is going to face any punishment. But he was doing pretty well in P11 on, until that moment. And Giovinazzi finished up in 13th. And then Williams, obviously, George Russell had that penalty that got him down to P12, and that's where he finished in the race. So uh, that was unfortunate for him. People thought he might be able to get points this weekend, but uh, it wasn't to be. 
and uh, then in Haas of course Fionn both finished the race brilliant result for them uh, as as per usual but who was the real standout performer of that bottom bottom group would you say I think two things stand out for me. I think Latifi will be happy to be significantly closer to Russell than he has been before. Uh, obviously, the crashes help with their actual positions. Uh, but I think he'll be really delighted to, to beat an Alfa Romeo. That's something that Latifi hasn't really managed to do over the course of the season that Russell has been doing fairly consistently. So, to, to put a, a one of your, maybe, and they're not probably rivals, but the next nearest team to get ahead of one of those... And to beat the Hasses, I think that's pretty good day out for Mr. Latifi. And also, uh, a big day for Mazepin in, in what is tiny news for the rest of the grid. But he finally managed to finish a race ahead of Mick Schumacher. So, I think he'll be pretty happy about, about this race. Especially given he was given out about the chassis. And now they've kind of tweaked it for him. Uh, I don't know if he's... Has he got his brand new one yet? Or they've just tweaked the current one that he has for now. Uh, I think maybe he gets a brand new chassis after this Grand Prix with the little break we I have. Think you're, I, I think you're right there, yeah. So I think that'll be a big boost for his confidence. Yeah, Rain, any standout performers for you from that bottom bottom group? Not hugely this weekend. I think the the best of the bunch would have to be Giovinazzi, just from the fact that he moved up, whereas Russell kind of disappointed me. Now, watching the sprint race... I don't think he deserved a penalty. It seemed a little bit like, you know, he made a mistake and fair enough, that's a mistake. But he didn't do anything dangerous in that respect. You know, Carl Sainz coming around the outside should have realised that this guy was not in a racing position and maybe pulled out of it a little bit or at least gone a little bit wider rather than taking that really aggressive line down the outside. So if he had been able to start in ninth place, I believe it was that he finished... Maybe there was a point on for him, but he seemed to just get lost this race. And the Williams was showing significant pace uh, in qualifying and in that sprint race. So, yeah, a disappointing performance from um, from George Russell. Mm. So, Fionn, do you think that Williams maybe now have the, the upper hand in that bottom battle? Yeah, definitely. In terms, of, Are you talking about against Alfa Romeo? I'm talking about, yeah, those bottom three, I suppose oh, it is only has, really against us. Has for sure they have the upper hand. Uh, whether they have the upper hand on Alfa Romeo, I don't know. But I think what everyone will be happy with is that they're trending upwards. Uh, they have now got a much more, much more qualifying pace. And they've shown that because Russell has now consistently battled right up there. Like, so we can't call that a fluke or a, a circuit-specific gain that they made on one particular one particular race but it's better to be trending up than where they have been for the last few years of just being stagnant and not improving the race pace does need to improve but again it's always going to be tricky with fuel loads running in traffic much more uh, it doesn't necessarily correlate with with qualifying pace as we know so it's going in the right direction but there's plenty of work still to do Mm. Fiona, I actually disagree with you there. I think this is just a circuit-related blip. I mean, the the Red Bull Ring and Silverstone are both very fast tracks, a lot of corners that don't require any braking. I think this these two last two circuits suited Williams down to the ground, and we're going to see them drop back away from the rest of the field again moving into the future. They might have a big showing at Monza, um, but, yeah, I mean, in some of the slower tracks as we move along, 
I don't think we're going to see Williams do as well as we have in the last couple of weeks. Wait, are you talking about mm. races or in qualifying? Because in qualifying, Russell's got out of Q1 in every session, I believe, so far. Okay, yeah, but I mean, like, this was their best uh, opportunity to score points, I think, was, was Silverstone. I had it marked from the beginning as uh, basically where Williams are going to shine, and they kind of let that slip today. So I don't think they're going to get another opportunity without some some wrinkle or other. So yes, yeah, I'm talking about race pace. Um, I don't think they're going to get another opportunity to score points this year. Okay, well, interesting. Uh, moving on to Fionn, did you have something? To I was say? just going to say, well, I'm not going to go anywhere near no points predictors. Uh, that has gone terribly <laughs> for me so far this season. So I'm going to go on with those. For sure. Uh, moving on to Alpha Tauri, they didn't have the best result. Pretty good result for Sunoda, finishing ahead of his teammate. I know Gasly did pit towards the end, maybe trying to squeeze a fastest lap out, but um, there was a puncture um, there. Oh, it was a puncture. Okay, yeah. right. I didn't. I didn't see that. But so Gasly uh, had that kind of last minute pit stop, finished eleventh. Uh, Sunoda did finish inside the points, which is pretty good, as we've discussed in the past, Fionn. Uh, would you say this will give Sunoda a little bit more confidence building up and, and keep pushing on? This is 10 races in a row now that Alfateri have scored points in. For for Sunoda, I think it's more important for him to be consistent and to not make the mistakes he made in the first couple of races. So, yeah, absolutely scoring a point and getting ahead of Gasly is a big bonus that's probably down to, like Rain said, the puncture and some other things. And this is where I, I was a bit annoyed with the coverage. This is where we didn't quite get to follow what was going on in the race. These these positions here that we're going to talk about in the midfield, they kind of got a bit washed out. So it's hard to know how their day went. It looked like from what I saw, maybe it was quite quiet. It The field stretched out a little bit after the restart and it became about managing gaps to cars around you. There was very few cars within a second of each other to, to follow. And I guess that's why the coverage suffered a little bit for that midfield. So absolutely, I think Sonoda will be happy with his personal result today and also the trend of that consistency that's been there for the last couple of weeks. Mm. Ryan, Gasly struggled all weekend, really, for pace. Uh, is is this a sign of maybe a run of poor form? Or I know he's been on great form recently. He's qualified in the top six a lot. But... um. Uh, a P11 is surely going to disappoint him after his run of form. Is this maybe a sign of things to come, or is it just a blip on the radar? Well, I think I think this will have desperately disappointed him, but for not for the reason that you were uh, alluding to. He was running quite highly in the uh, standings for a long period during that race, and really that extra pit stop just killed his chances of getting a really strong points finish. I think he was ahead of Stroll uh, before... Before the puncture happened, which was would have been P six or P seven, P eight, P eight. Well, Stroll finished P eight. Okay, well, I mean, like that's that's still good points for Alpha Tauri, yeah, and true, you know true. maybe if they had gotten um, Sonoda in there as well, I think he benefited obviously from from Gasly dropping out, so finishing P ten, he was essentially donated that point by his teammate. Um, it would have been a really, really strong weekend for Alpha Tauri again. So I don't think there's any need to be concerned here. Obviously, it's bitterly disappointing for the team, but definitely no reason to be, um, yeah, getting your pitchforks out and, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, perhaps, though, they would be disappointed to finish behind a very strong Alpine performance this weekend. Alonso P7 and Aka on returning to form a little bit in P9. They must be buzzing with double points. I think they're finding their feet at the moment. Um, Ocon, obviously, after two very, very bad performances over the last couple of weeks, uh, was able to bounce back this week. And I know he still finished behind his teammate, but I don't think that's going to bother him too much. I think that he's going to say, well, P10, that's where I was aiming for at the start of this race, and I'm happy that I made that happen. So, yeah, huge result for them, and I think they're going to be kind of knocking on Alpha Tauri's door a little bit if these results keep coming in. Yeah, Fionn, brilliant result for Alonso. More points in consecutive races. A P7, so that's six points. That's an awful lot for Alpine. Uh, and mostly thanks to his start in the sprint race where he jumped up maybe six positions and then I think he lost two towards the end. But uh, he's been so impressive this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's great wheel-to-wheel racing and that sprint racing setup really suited him uh, because the Alpine car, for whatever reason, has struggled a little bit on quality pace. And Alonso has definitely got the better of it over Ocon recently too. So uh, he does seem to have a very good knowledge of the car now. Ocon, for me, he kind of beiged his way into that ninth position. I am I agree with you. I think it's a good result for him, especially where he went. But I think Alpine would be most happy that finally this weekend, they were there to capitalize on the two Red Bulls dropping down. So when those extra point spaces open up that aren't normally available for that midfield team, you want both your cars right up the top to maximise the points that you can get. And that's what they did. Stroll managed to split them, but other than that, they were the top of the midfield. So they'll be really pleased with that result, I think. Mm, absolutely. So before we jump into our break, I'll just touch on the final of that midfield teams, which would be uh, Aston Martin. Stroll had a pretty good result in P8. You, is, is that their level? Is that Aston Martin's level? Or should they maybe are they, should they be happy with that? Or maybe uh, think they could get a little bit higher? I think given the circumstances, they should be happy with a P8. Um, you know, they've only really started finding their feet in recent races. Um, obviously disappointing that Seb kind of regressed to his uh, Beyblade days and took a spin. More than likely damaged his car in that because we saw him struggle to um, to overtake Latifi and by the end of the race he uh, he had pulled out with an issue. Um, so yeah, disappointing from Seb, but very strong again from from Lance Stroll. And yeah, just to answer your question again, yes, that is where uh, Aston Martin should be aiming for each and every week. Fiona, if you could write Stroll's season out of ten, what would you give? I would probably give him a strong six or seven. I mean, he's been up and down, but he's shown some really nice, consistent racing in little stretches, if that makes sense, if that's not too contradictory. Uh, but that's what something that he couldn't do in the past. Like, really show some consistent quality over the course of even just a full race and just get his car in position, run the right strategy, be keep his head, make moves when he can, and get the car to where it needs to be and get the car to the checkered flag. So, yeah, I think he's been having quite a good season. There's room to improve. That 10 out of 10 isn't ranked on where he is in the championship. It's it's based on his whole season of where he could be, his theoretical max. So, yeah, I think he's, he's getting there. Uh, will he get a 10 out of 10 by the end of the season or in the second half of the season? I don't know. I think he's still a bit young. I think he's a few more seasons until he's running at 
maximum capacity, but I think he's definitely going to be happy with his season so far. And do you think Seb came into Aston Martin thinking he'd boss it and kind of almost be the apprentice, uh, the, 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 the teacher for, for Stroll and bring him along rather than the other way around, which it kind of seems to be in the last few races. Well, I think Seb now at this point is getting to the same point you guys were in thinking I should have this car underneath me by now. And I was kind of saying, I actually think Seb has shown in the past that he doesn't always get cars underneath him very quickly. So I think he's going to be worried now. I think he's going to start to get frustrated that he isn't, consistently outpacing Stroll in both qualifying and in races because I think that is his goal um, but at the moment I think he's fallen short of that and I am I can imagine he's pretty upset about that Ryan what's your take on Aston Martin at the minute? I mean there's not, not a whole lot more to say that Fiona hasn't touched on already I think um, Seb will be starting to get frustrated at this I mean it's all well and good being beaten out by one of the best drivers on the grid in in Charles Leclerc, but I mean nobody has uh, Lance Stroll as a top five driver, say on their on their standings. So I think yeah, he will be getting frustrated. You know, four time world champion. Obviously, he's capable of getting the results, but he's not getting the results out of this car. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was ahead going in there, man. Fully alongside, it's my line. Now we come to the middle point of the show and we're doing questions that we have definitely not pre-recorded in the past and these are the first questions that we are asking today and my question is for you all about driver numbers. How are your driver numbers? Uh, Spicy. So here's the thing, right? I have pre-prepared two lists of ten drivers on each uh, Fionn, did you win the last? I know I lost, but who won? Who was I against? I was against I you, was, Ray. Yeah, me. You won, so you get the first pick. Would you like list one, or would you like list two? I'll take list two. You'll take list two, okay. And I'll just let you know, these have all been randomly picked out and put into each list. I had no say in actually which list is in. So, Rain, you can go first. The first one I want from you is Fernando Alonso. What number is Fernando? 14. That is correct. Fionn, your first one. Big VB, Valdery Bottas. 77. 77 is correct. Rain back to you. Nicholas Latifi. Oh, Jesus. Fucking hell. Um, he's got a weird one. I just know he has. Uh, 41. Incorrect. It is number six. Ah. List two does seem a little bit harder than list one. I will say that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Max, He's got Verst- Max Verstappen Max and Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton. 33. Max Verstappen is 33. Rain. Carlos Sainz. Carlos. F- 55. 55. Fionn. Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, come on. He's three. He doesn't know. He's three. I couldn't remember. I knew three and four, but I couldn't remember which one was three and which Which one was four. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Rain. Sebastian Vettel. Five. That is correct. Number five. That was a good one. Fionn. George Butler Russell. 63. 
Sixty Trey is correct. Oh. Rain Malloy. Yuki Sonoda. Oh jeez. Ten. Huh? Ten. No, that's Gasly. Do you have to take his first okay. answer? No, I'll, I'll I'll accept it. I'll accept it. What uh, is it? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, I am going to have to push you, though. 11? Incorrect. 22. 22. Oh, God. Fjorn. Guess who's next. Gasly. Pierre Gasly. <laughs> 10. <laughs> that is correct. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan. Lewis Hamilton. 44. That is correct. Fjorn. Lando Norris. 4. Correct. I don't Rain. think I have a chance now, do I? I think I'm done. Uh, you have two incorrect and there's three to go, so Ooh, you're still spicy. in with a chance. Sergio Perez. Not in with a chance anymore. <laughs> uh, is he number 11? He is number 11. Well oh, done. Show. Fionn. Charles Leclerc. 16. That is correct. Rain. Nikita Mazepin. Oh, Jesus. Oh, give me the other one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, 13. Incorrect. He's number 9. Fionn. <sighs> Mick Schumacher. Oh, Jesus. Is it 42? Ooh, close. 47. That's your first incorrect show of the day. Ray, in your final one, Lance Stroll. 18? Yeah. Correct. Good job. And Fionn, your last one, one that I personally wouldn't have got. I think I would have done pretty well on all of them, other than this one. I didn't know. Esteban Ocon. Is he 50? No, he's not. He's 31. 31. Okay. So, Fionia, you got two wrong. Rain, you got three wrong. Woohoo! Well, there's so. one more team left. No. No, that's it. That's it. That's 20, 20 drivers on the grid, you muppet. That's 10 10. We did not get to the Iceman or Giovinazzi. That's true. Brogan made a balls of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is only nine. <laughs> Rain. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Correct. Fjorn. Antonio Giovinazzi. 99. There you it go. Was a it didn't, ma- didn't make a difference. Ironically, yet, so. if you'd have gone the other way, Brogan, I did not know Raikkonen's number. Oh, really? Yeah. But oh, no. Climate victory, though. Did you not see the video where he's just like, uh, seven was available, <laughs> so I took number seven? <laughs> I also have one more bonus question that I found from Wikipedia, admittedly, so it's it's legitimacy is questionable. But what is Max Verstappen's middle name? Super. Super. No. Rain? Any guesses? I don't know. Uh, Wall. Is it Joss? <laughs> is it Joss? Is it Stad's name? It's not Joss. It's a million. A million, oh. It's hardly Max a million Verstappen. It is Max a million Verstappen. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, it's Max space a million space Verstappen. Yeah, E M I L I A N. 
But speaking of names, have you ever heard Carlos Sainz's full name? They do love big names. Well, Charles Leclerc is Charles Marc Hervé Percival Leclerc. <laughs> That's crazy. And Ocon is Esteban Jose Jean Pierre Ocon. Carlos Sainz Vázquez de Castro. And my full name is Carlos Sainz Vázquez de Castro. Cena Morrin con Rebollo Virta Moreno de Aranda Don Perú. Y la Goitia Pérez del Puc. <laughs> and then Charlotte Claire replies sounds made up <laughs> Charlotte Claire replies but why <laughs> but yeah anyway that was the quiz um, Fionn you won that round that must be your first victory ever I'm sure that's my second victory in a row second victory in a row mm-hmm. wow there you go there you go oh I forgot you weren't even doing the last one so mm-hmm. fair enough but we will move on to the big boys and the first of them is Ferrari Fionn Bittersweet, happy, disappointed with not to get the win. No. In the end, with Charles second place. No, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the win at the end. Very happy for Charles Leclerc to get there. This is the kind of races that historically Ferrari have somehow managed to end up like eighth and ninth of, even while being second place in the second last lap of the race. So quite happy to see him get over the line. Uh, they do not have the pace to be second in the car, the raw pace. So. That's an excellent drive from Charles. A little bit disappointed. I think Carlos Sainz highlighted better the real pace of the Ferrari uh, and and showed how well Charles drove today because he could not get by Ricardo. He was, I was monitoring that. He, he pretty much, I over-exaggerated in the chat and re-corrected me, but uh, after the pit stop obviously went bad, Ricardo got ahead of him. I think he maybe ended up four seconds ahead by the finish of all the, the pits. But then uh, Science closed up on him and, and stayed probably, I think, me and Rena agreed, maybe 15, 17 laps in a row inside DRS range and just could not get by Danny Ricardo. He was hovering at that 0.7 second gap and could not, could not close it and could not get by him. So that for me is a little bit disappointing, I have to say. Yeah, the conditions were a bit brutal for overtaking today. Like, um, as soon as you got close to a car in front, you started to get graining on your tyres. You started to overheat your engine, that sort of thing. So maybe that impacted Carlos Sainz a little bit. But my question to you, Fionn, would be, are you ready to stop shitting on Ferrari and actually make them out to be a contender for third place, which they are? Absolutely not, because... Every prediction <laughs> I've made has gone in the exact reverse way. So I'm not I will continue to, to I'm not, I'm shit on Ferrari to, to hope that they continue to prove me wrong because F1 at the moment is proving me wrong on a consistent weekly basis. So I'm going to keep saying says, Ferrari have no hope of keeping up with McLaren and I'm going to hope that that stays true. Yeah, Fionn says Ferrari are battling for seventh place yeah. uh, at the minute in the Constructors' Championship. Ferrari but yeah, de- so definitely not beat Mercedes in a head-to-head battle. I mean, you, you spoke about Carlos Sainz there uh, and that he couldn't get around Daniel Ricciardo, but the B in P6 that isn't necessary. That, it's not a bad result considering he started pretty far down the grid after the sprint. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you. I don't think it is a bad result. It's just a little bit of a, a disappointment of where Ferrari are. Like, they're the little the little extra sweet victories that you're looking for when you're looking in that head-to-head. We know when when things happen, like the Verstappen crash and the and the uh, Perez fumbling around in the sprint race and never quite recovering, that 
you have to take advantage of those and it jumbles up that order. So to be stuck behind the guys you're trying to battle with when those extra points are on offer, that's a little bit hard to take given he was so close for so long. It's not like mm. it was three laps. He, he held that gap. Literally, he finished 0.8 seconds behind and he was lap after lap and that's the problem. It wasn't like a push get to point seven and have to drop back he could hold it there he just couldn't close it any more than that so that's a little bit we want to try and maximize the amount of points like i said it is a very close battle as rain pointed out with mclaren uh, closer than i probably predicted a couple of weeks ago i was a bit pessimistic so uh yeah in little senses like that those extra two points for from fifth to sixth position they're really valuable in this kind of battle so that's a little bit disappointing but still a, a good strong finish Ryan, what was your take of the Ferrari performance this weekend yeah very strong again um, I think they are a seriously fast team when it comes to race pace um, one of the best in fact they, they seem to be not able to maybe put it together in qualifying as much as they would like to and if they got that sorted out then they become serious contenders for that third place they already are serious contenders but they probably kind of take the lead there in that battle like if you can have Charles Leclerc ahead of Norris at the start of a race that makes all the difference um, so yeah I would say another very strong performance from from Ferrari this week yeah absolutely and uh, they're obviously their closest rivals as we were talking about McLaren if if you look at before the weekend started and they offered you a P4 and a P5 for Lando and Ricardo, you'd probably have taken that. But it seems a little bit bittersweet again with Charlotte P2 and signs right behind them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, P4 and P5, if, if someone offered it to me, I'd have to ask, well, where are the Ferraris finishing? Um, because I just really don't want to see Ferrari's finishing ahead of McLaren's, but sometimes it happens. And it was a great drive from Charles Leclerc, don't get me wrong, but I still would have liked to have seen, um, you know, no points for Ferrari and that fourth and fifth place for for McLaren. Just jumping uh, back, I think, sorry. I think sorry. maybe maybe the biggest standout there from that McLaren team was Daniel Ricciardo. He seemed to drive really well, did very well defensively against uh, Carlos Sainz, where maybe he hasn't done so well in the past, he's let people by quite uh, quite easily. He seems to be a little bit tentative on the brakes this year, maybe braking a little bit earlier than he would in recent years. So, yeah, I think um, the standout performance was from Ricardo, and I think if he can keep that kind of trend going, so we saw him perform well in the last race, and now we've seen him perform well at Silverstone, I think he might have a really strong race again in Hungary, and that's going to only bolster uh, McLaren's uh, possibilities of keeping hold of that third place position in the standings. Fionn, do you think Ricardo will be a little bit disappointed even today, seeing that, yeah, he had a good race, but Lando's still 15 seconds up the road come the finish line? Uh That'll definitely taint the the good performance a little bit. I think, yeah, absolutely. And you're always going to judge yourself on your on your teammate. They are in the closest car to yours setup-wise. So I think he will be a tiny bit disappointed. But again, like Rain said, that's another good result with a good driving aspects that 
he hasn't managed to show consistently this season. So he'll be really delighted with that. And I think the McLaren boys did really well. Lando Norris is so, so dangerous. He's always sitting right there to jump on any mistakes. Uh, so even when, when Leclerc and Hamilton were battling originally uh, at the at the start, Lando was right there. Any Any little mistake, any loss of pace, and he was going to pounce. So... Uh, definitely still stable and trending upwards for McLaren. They have not dropped the pace at all in terms of their uh, their fight and their development so far. I season. think the most disappointing thing of the weekend for <clears throat> for McLaren uh, will be their their lack of pace on the hard tire. I mean, when when the pit stops happened, obviously you know um, Norris was negatively affected by a pretty slow pit stop. So Valtteri Bottas got away from him. But we heard on the radio, you know, Valtteri's tyres are starting to blister. Uh, he might come back towards you uh, towards the end of the race. But I mean, as soon as those hard tyres went onto those McLaren cars, they were just treading water. They could not extract any pace out of those tyres. Where other teams around them could. I mean, Carlos Sainz obviously cut that gap in no time. To, uh, to Daniel Ricciardo. Mm. So I'd be a little bit worried there. You say that, but on the other hand, on the other Ferrari, Leclerc on the original tyres, I believe they were on the medium for the first stint, right? Uh, after the after the crash, I, I think I remember it. But he pulled away from Hamilton and Hamilton couldn't really keep touch. But then once they put on the hard tyres at the end, we saw Hamilton really catch Leclerc very, very quickly at, at a rate of nearly a second a lap. So uh, yeah, I think... Little, it's funny how even little setup differences between cars can dramatically affect how the tyres perform and what tyre compound works really nicely on mm. the cars. So, do you think McLaren come away from this weekend going, "Yep, yeah, that was that was pretty successful," despite the Ferrari result? Yeah, I think they'd be happy enough with how things went. Obviously, there's going to be wrinkles and counters throughout the whole year. So I think you just need to finish where you need to finish, and then you don't really need to care about what's going on around you. Fionn, would you concur with from a Ferrari point of view? Uh, yeah, I think Ferrari are looking, saying, uh, obviously it's all about spin, so where McLaren are going, ah, look, you're going to have a fluky result on the other side here and there, and we just need to be consistent. Ferrari are looking, going, oh, well, we need to be consistent, but we also need to fluke ourselves some good results because you need those extra little points bumps here and there to be competitive. So I actually think both teams will come away from this weekend very happy. Okay, good, yeah. So, moving on to Red Bull. And we've spoken in weeks past about disastrous Mercedes weekends. And as disastrous weekends go, Red Bull's one is pretty up there. Um, We'll start with Perez. Obviously, he struggled from the sprint race with that spin. A very much an unforced error. uh, and, And quite disappointing from my point of view as a Red Bull fan. It seems to be different format, same result with the the slight. Well, this one is obviously a good bit poorer, but still haven't been really up to scratch on a Saturday from Perez. And then, of course, we'll we'll move on to the the incident in a few moments. But Rain uh, Perez seemed to just get stuck in that midfield battle, battling with Kimi Raikkonen, and he didn't really cover himself in glory. Well, bro, and I actually want to throw this one back at you. Um, being that you're pro Red Bull but anti Perez, yeah. did Red Bull absolutely fuck him on strategy today? 
And I felt like they did. They got him out on the hard tyres at the start, after the red flag. Uh, and I was thinking, oh yes, this is going to be a Perez masterclass. He's going to move his way through the field, and he's going to keep those tyres fresh, and then he'll be able to pop on a set of mediums towards the end of the race, and he'll be able to go fast. They ended up three-stopping him. Uh, he had made his way back up to 10th after his way too early pit stop on the hards. He was pitting at the same time as everybody else around him on the mediums. And then they brought him in again after he made his way up to 10th place um, to stick on a set of mediums again. And then he made his way up to 10th place a second time. And then they decided to bring him in for a set of softs to just take the point away from Mercedes. I really feel like it was a dreadful performance from Red Bull. So what do you think of that? I don't really agree with you, to be honest. I didn't see Perez going anywhere. He was stuck behind Raikkonen for a hefty amount of laps on his first stint. And he didn't get past Raikkonen in his second stint. And when he did, he had to spin him to do it. So I don't really agree with you on that one. I think he was really struggling. And I think that the the final stop, um, a, a point off Hamilton is worth a lot more to Red Bull than a point for Perez. So I think that putting on the soft tires at the end was the right call. Um, yeah, you could argue maybe putting on the hards wasn't the best idea at the beginning. Uh, he could have used a little bit of extra pace to get into some cleaner air. But also, you know, Perez is pretty good at tire management and he could have gone on to the end uh, of the race maybe if, if he was lucky. But... Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was particularly bad management. Fionn, what's your take on that? I'd have to say I'm split. I'm 50-50. I think it's a combination of Perez didn't pull the moves he needed, and I don't think, I agree with Rian, I don't think Red Bull had him on the best strategy. Uh, I agree with you. By the time he gets to 10th at that end, I, I do agree that a, a point away from Hamilton is more valuable than a point for Perez. So I don't mind them doing that. And I think... At that point, they don't they don't mind doing that. That won't go in in Perez's negative. I think when they sit down and they analyze the rest of the race outside that last pit stop, I think there will be enough questions that not all of the blame will land on Perez. I think there will be enough doubt about the the strategy that they used. Like you said, where was the clear air? What was the what was the best tire options? Like we saw on other drivers, wasn't it Leclerc who got who got in the crash in was it the Styrian Grand Prix mm. and that threw him out and they put him on a on a completely different strategy and that managed to catapult him up the position so I think uh, as much as Perez can't get stuck behind Raikkonen I think also Red Bull need to say we weren't perfect with the strategy to get him maximised points either what, what I would say as well is I have no problem with them pulling him uh, to, to, to get that fastest lap but at the same time, it kind of just shows how expendable they see him at um, at Red Bull. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to get the fastest lap when he comes in for a set of softs. But there is a guarantee that he's going to get a point if he finishes in 10th uh, place. I think there is a guarantee he gets yeah. the fastest lap, given that no one else is on soft the entire race he has essentially zero laps left of fuel. Clean air in I front think of him as even, well. Yeah. I think even, even nearly Mazepin could get fastest lap with that setup. Yeah, I agree with you there, Fionn. I think 
he's as likely to spin and lose that one point for a tenth as he is not to get the fastest lap, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I think that was the right decision. But anyway, we'll move on to the incident on the first lap with Max Verstappen. And Attempted murder, you mean? <laughs> Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. I think uh, Lewis Hamilton was probably trying to show Mercedes that he can also launch people to Amsterdam. Uh, Fionn, mm-hmm. what was your take on the whole thing? I think Hamilton would be disappointed that he caught the barriers. I think that car had a good chance of making it all the way to Amsterdam until then. Uh, yeah, I saw it. I didn't like it. I think he was overly aggressive. I think it was an extra fast corner and it was the first lap. I just think there's so many reasons not to stick your car in there. I know Senna's thing, if you don't, see, if you see a gap and you don't go for it, you're not a racing driver anymore. But like, Jesus, there's there's better places to do it. Uh, I felt like the, for me, the penalty wasn't enough. I mean, forget about the speed of the impact or the danger of the crash. Like, you've crashed out number one who cannot finish the race. And all he got was a 10 second penalty. Hamilton finished 10 seconds ahead of the next car back in the sprint race in 17 laps never mind 52 laps so i don't think that was much of a punishment at all that they were ranting and raving about how what a magnificent recovery drive it was from him when his car is like 15 20 seconds faster than everyone left on the on the circuit by the time he crashes out max verstappen so uh, i think there was a a very high level of bias on what is unfortunately the english channel that we have to listen to so of course they're going to support hamilton and maybe throw a bit of uh, a bit of uncertainty about whether or not he was at fault there for that crash but yeah that'd be my analysis I, I was a bit uh, bit disappointed to see that I don't think that was very good racing from Lewis Hamilton uh, as you guys are aware I have my own doubts about Lewis Hamilton's uh, shall we say top attributes at some points during races so uh, as soon as I can prove that, you'll you'll all hear about it. But for now, let's just leave it as a vague foreshadowing. Yeah, ten part series coming soon. That's all. <laughs> Ryan, what was your take? Yeah, the more the more I watched the, um, so when I initially saw it, I just thought, well, racing incident. And I saw you guys talking about Lewis Hamilton and how you know. And I was like, no, that's just our bias. It's just our bias talking that this this is a racing incident. But the more I look at it, it's like a 300 kilometer an hour crash that they had. And it was way, way, way too aggressive from Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that crash could have ended in death for Max Verstappen. And I don't think that's too dramatic to say it's a 300 kilometer an hour crash he hit that barrier very very hard it, it 51 g's 51 they said. g's 51 it just takes G one impact. weird thing to go wrong in that crash and max verstappen is dead now what fion said about the uh, penalty maybe not being uh severe enough I kind of disagree with him there. Uh, you have to you have to set a precedent, and it shouldn't really matter uh, what the circumstances of the other driver is. So if he's going for first place, that shouldn't matter. If you do the same thing to Nicholas Latifi, it it should be punished exactly the same. Now, was it severe enough for the circumstances? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not a race director or a steward. I don't know what justifies what penalty 
but for me yeah it is a little bit sour to see mercedes uh, profiting so much from what was clearly dangerous driving and mm. um, they've cut the lead in the championship to to six points um with red bull so yeah it's a little bit bitter to see that do you, i also want to point out remember the the crash obviously the grosjean crash and one of the most vocal people about that crash how the media handled it how the drivers handled it was lewis hamilton talking about how it's very dangerous and uh, it's a somber moment in the race and it kind of dulls the level of celebration and we had a, a huge crash and Lewis Hamilton did about 48 laps of honour in his car, on his feet, grabbing flags, celebrating. And there wasn't even a a touch of concern or a touch of, okay, like, I hope he's okay. or And I don't know, I missed the radio during the crash, so maybe he did radio that in. But do you know what I mean? Not to, not to take it down even one peg from from that huge crash in your your competitor in the championship but when it's someone who's nothing got to do with you you're you're saying to everybody oh we should have much more respect for the drivers we should be handling things a lot differently we shouldn't be shown 48 replays of fireball crashes that left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth as well mm. yeah and just like kind of touching on that as well i know the guy is a racing driver and you need to basically put yourself forward as being the best in every situation but he took zero responsibility for that crash um, on the radio or anything. He said, it was my corner. At no point in that corner was Lewis Hamilton ahead of Max Verstappen. That gives Max Verstappen full right to take the apex. And we even saw Max he Verstappen didn't even take the apex, pulled yeah. out. We saw him put on the opposite steering uh, to give Lewis Hamilton a bit of space. And Lewis Hamilton did not budge one bit. And we saw when Hamilton tried it on Leclerc at the end of the race, he backed off. Mm. And he had got he had pushed Leclerc enough. I think Rain Rain was giving out about Leclerc's driving there, but Leclerc went wide for sure and I think he snapped onto the Astro Turf or whatever it is that's just beyond the curb. That made him go much further offline, made it look like much worse driving in my opinion. Yeah. But we saw we saw Hamilton back out. He knew not to not to dive in, but so that shows that he knows he could have got out of there. He knows where the racing line is and he knows when an, an impact is coming. And he chose to keep that car in there and tag tag Max Verstappen on that first not, lap. Not to mention that that probably that crash probably affected uh, Charles Leclerc in that situation. I'd say he took a fair few degrees of steering angle out uh, just because he saw that dive bomb coming from Lewis right Hamilton. He was right behind them. Yeah, he was yeah. right behind them when it happened. So he he, now for he was given sure, him room because he, he didn't it, want to be crashed out of the race like Max Verstappen was. So I'd yeah. say it probably did weigh on his mind a little bit there uh, while that overtake was happening. The racing the racing gods were a bit cruel as well to give Hamilton only a cracked wheel rim that he could immediately replace in the pit lane without taking any like pit stop penalty at all on top of the 10 seconds yeah but i mean I he, could, was, he could have shattered his front uh, wing and he still would have been able to replace it free of i charge. know but you know what i mean if he'd have shattered his first front wing they still had to make it all the way around so there's a there's a chance that he would not have restarted from second and would have had to restart from eighth and still have to serve the 10 second penalty I, so maybe i mean that's a small thing that's the 
the racing gods, the look of the draw, but you would like to see if you're the causer of an accident, maybe the the cosmic forces balance things out a little bit and give you a, a radiator problem or something to deal with then on top of I that. think the biggest imbalance over the course of that was, or the biggest injustice was, Red Bull are now going to have to probably cut close to 2 million off their cost cap to repair that car. Uh, and the, the financial implications for... For Mercedes is zero because the tires are supplied to them. That's an interesting point. Do you think if racing, if a crash is deemed to be caused by another driver, do you think that team should have to incur the cost penalty for repairing the other car? I think that certainly... leads to way more muddy waters, though. Like in terms of you go, oh, that car, car crash cost me uh, two million pounds and three million pounds, where it really only cost x amount or whatever well i mean the fia can regulate that and maybe in the past it wasn't a good idea because teams like uh williams physically couldn't afford to repair other teams cars but now that everyone works with the same budget i feel like maybe that could be a, a could be a, a punishment that that could is at, at least reasonably uh possible to apply and it would you know I mean? it would make people it would stop people being as reckless as that in any situation if you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. even if it's as small as 50k for a new front wing people wouldn't be mm-hmm. squeezing them out because if they do and they snap a bit of their wing off they're gonna have to pay for it so yeah mm-hmm. my whole take on the verstappen hamilton incident is i think verstappen did enough to avoid the collision and i think hamilton didn't do enough to avoid the collision i think both could have done more but i think hamilton had to do more if you know what i mean and as for the penalty, I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter and I, I likened it to as if like a football team scores a goal with a handball and they get a yellow card, but they keep the goal kind of thing. It, it, mm. it, it just seems a bit unfair, like 10 seconds. Yeah, fair enough. If a Williams did it to a Haas, yeah, that's it. It, it should be the same penalty, but it also Max Verstappen is out of the race and will not score points now. And it's a massive, and I massive think, and game. I think it does. I think it does apply. For instance, if if uh, science had had crashed into Ricardo, knocking Ricardo out of the points, and science finishes in fifth, I do think science should get more than a ten second penalty, given that he is almost like he finished thirty seconds ahead of Alonso. So a ten second penalty would not have impacted him at all. He gains all the benefit and Ricardo loses all of the problem. Even if he doesn't crash out of the race. If he finishes ten places down, that's I don't think a ten second penalty is a is an equal an equalizer in that in that form of crash where one driver loses out on so many positions. And like Green said, maybe it is difficult to say well how many positions is too many positions, but I mean, there are people making judgment calls and there's harder judgment calls in other sports. So I would like to see a better balance in penalties. Mm. So finally, moving on to Mercedes, obviously we spoke a little bit about Lewis Hamilton and the incident, but what did you make of his race overall? I just don't want to talk about it. It wasn't as good as the dry, as the commentators made out. Like they're like, Oh, after this pit stop, his race is ruined. But, no, I mean, he, he was never out, lower than fourth. He came out in he? fourth place. He came out yeah. in fourth place and only a couple of seconds behind Norris because of Norris's terrible pit stop. Like that's not a that's not a good recovery drive. He's got the yeah. fastest car on the grid. And the other one was like his, I, was like his I said, he cleared 
he cleared 10 seconds on the rest of the grid in 17 laps of the sprint race. So, and as much as as much as it doesn't necessarily apply to the punishment side, it definitely applies to the overhype of the commentaries of this incredible recovery drive. I mean, we already proved literally a day ago that his car is a, a good 10 seconds behind, uh, faster than every car that was in front of him when he when he had to take the pit stop. So, I mean, yeah, I don't the think only car that, that can keep up is the Red Bull, and he'd already made sure that that Fresh wasn't going to be an, an issue. So, yeah. And only one of the Red Bulls, by the way, even if even if Perez was in second, he still would have caught him and overtook him. So, as it was a fine drive by Hamilton, he did what he had to do, but was it an incredible comeback drive that no one saw coming? Absolutely not. He was more than fast enough to do that, and he just did what he had to do. And what about Bottas, Sean? You like to say people have beige drives. He had a bit of a beige drive this week. He had a bit of a beige drive, all right. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that he managed to finish, what was it, seven, eight seconds behind Charles Leclerc, who was clearly struggling on the hard tyres at the end of the race, lost a heap of time to Hamilton, uh, and then get kind of slapped by Mercedes again, saying, you're way too slow, just let Hamilton pass you. And... And proving it by not being able to keep up with Hamilton once he did let him pass. Yeah, because the radio message came through that said, look, uh, Carlos Sainz has got, or not Carlos Sainz, um, Charles Leclerc is going to be struggling by the end of this race. Keep up with Hamilton, you might get a second mm-hmm. place. And he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do, couldn't it. do it. And uh, as well, earlier on in the race, uh, as soon as um, Norris got by him, he was on the radio complaining that it was impossible to follow and he couldn't overtake uh, Norris, he got absolutely just blessed by the gods by um, Norris's pit stop being so long. Like he he yeah. got the overcut on him. Just it w- it was an easy overcut in the end of the day. I think if Bottas is trying to st- is trying to stay positive, I think that's where he takes the positive. Right, the fact that he managed that gap to Lando and never let him close it up at all, given how dangerous Lando Norris is. I think that's where Bottas will take his little bit of encouragement because looking at what happened on front of him it was definitely not a particularly positive day from Bottas yeah Uh, so that's it for the race side of things um now we'll move on to fun your favorite part of the show it's the hot takes um we go to the hungaro ring in two weeks i thought it was next week i'm a bit devastated I thought maybe Max Verstappen might have a concussion, won't be allowed to drive, and then Gasly gets his gets his chance, but that doesn't look like it's gonna happen. So I thought uh, Red Bull might be able to swing a, a negative. Interview. By the way, hold on one second. Uh, did someone not mention a little while ago that a certain announcement would happen on this weekend regarding contracts of certain top teams? Uh, and I just like to point out that I did not hear any news of that description. Mr. Brogan Malloy, did you not say categorically Mercedes would announce that Russell is signing with them for next season and that Bottas is gone no, at the British no, Grand no, no. Prix? You've got me all wrong here. That you was not a hot that. take. That was rumour mill chat. That was water yeah, cooler talk. That you that you spewed out unfiltered Listen, from your Rain said Williams like Rain said Williams would sign Nico Rosberg. So let's point the finger where it deserves <laughs> to be pointed at the minute. I didn't say they'd sign him this week. Uh, well, actually, speaking at of... Rate, at the amount of racing teams Nico Rosberg has, he's more likely to buy Williams than he is to race yeah, for Williams. Absolutely. Speaking of Williams, there are rumours going around that there are three drivers oh, 
in the mix for George Russell's seat when he leaves or Latifi's seat if George Russell stays but George Russell's definitely not staying and that is Daniel Kvyat uh, Nico Hulkenberg and Valtteri Bottas what would you make of them signings who, who would you I pick would if you were Yas Capito who are you picking for that seat out of those three because I don't believe any of them are actual real signees if I was Daniel Kvyat I would definitely sign. Why would I be the Renault? Maybe Kvyat. Maybe Kvyat, but he's a theoretically possible to sign. I don't think the other two are, and I still think I'd take Nissan. Why not Hulkenberg? He's just been out of game too long. Why wouldn't they have signed them seasons ago if that was the if they were that high on? Because they had Russell and they needed money from Latifi. Now it's stabilized, and they have a budget cap, and they have new owners. I don't know. I don't see them going. There. And he raced last season, and he did. Them going? He raced last season, and he did pretty well. In two races, so with a good car. So if you're, you're saying you would sign uh, Roy Nassani of all people, yeah, not Dan Tictum yeah. or anything like that. No, Roy Nassani. Dan Tictum couldn't drive a golf cart. Well, he finished third in the F2 race this weekend. In one of them, I don't he's know. Gone, he's gone the wrong. <laughs> the way. second sprint race, he finished. If he's getting involved, if he's getting involved in races with Mazepin, he's just going. His head's going to explode. He's just. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't take Dan Tickton. Who would you sign for Williams? Ryan? you you seem a bit more competent. <laughs> Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. Okay, yeah. Oh, there <laughs> you go. Know, that proves it. Bang on. No, 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 look, 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 look. Right. If you look, ask no, a stupid question, you get a stupid if, answer. If if we're um if we're talking about like ideal signings and we're not talking about like money or any of that sort of stuff Max Verstappen Valtteri Bottas is obviously the candidate there he did very well at Williams um, did, and the only question there is would would Bottas make that step back and I don't think he would but in an ideal world that would be Williams's best bet and I mean if they're not talking shit about the fact that they'll have a championship car under them in a couple of years Maybe it's a good thing for Bottas. Maybe he goes, right, well, if, if I can get a faster car than a Mercedes, I can make Lewis Hamilton look like an idiot. That's true. That's true. My money's on the Russian torpedo, to be honest. I'd love to see him back in a, in a Formula 1 car. But anyway, enough chit-chat. No, I think the other, the other Russian guy from a couple of years ago, what was his name? Oh, uh, Sorotkin. Sorotkin, Sergei Sorotkin. By the way, oh, I just remembered. Was my hot take from last week that uh, Mr. Vettel would have a spin? Yeah, you did say that. You did say that. And he did. There you go. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, <laughs> Incredible. A broken me. clock is right twice a day. Anyway, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, okay. So we want to follow on from that now then. Okay. Uh, my my entry level my entry level hot take, like the, the one that's like barely even warm is that Mazepin will not finish ahead of Schumacher again. That's lemon week. and herb. That is not hot. Yeah, that's that's maybe okay, what's my what's my maybe like ground black ground ground black pepper? Uh Sunoda will beat Gasly again. Oh, okay. That's that's fairly that's fairly spicy, right? I'm going to say for the for the second uh, episode running a Ricardo podium. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. My hot take for Stappen injured, Gasly, Red Bull. 
Rowan, stop. Terry. No. Yeah. No. Stop. That's a magma. No, That's he's a gonna magma. Have a two physically week, impossible. Hot he's take. gonna have a two-week concussion. He won't be able to drive. And uh, yeah, Gasly will be in that the Red Bull seat. doesn't make sense for Red Bull at all. Why the not? reason Alex Albon is there is to be a Red Bull backup driver. No, it, Christian Horner said he, he has driven. He, he has driven that car more recently than what's his name? Fucking Pierre Gasly. Why? Why? Gasly. Why in God's name would you put Albon in when you have someone there who you're considering yeah. for that seat next year? Absolutely, Bro, I agree put with you. Gasly in. I agree with it's you. Same, I think you go. It's the same. I like, think you go Gasly up Albon into Gasly's spot on Terry. Mercedes had Stoffel Van Dorn and or is it no? Is it Stoffel that's the reserve driver and Esteban yeah, Gutierrez yeah. and they chose to put Russell in. You know, that's all I'm saying. Backup drivers are basically. Oh, because that a little... makes sense for them. It, it makes doesn't... sense for Red Bull. It makes sense. You absolutely want the two makes best sense drivers. For Red Bull. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with Brown. If they're I say going, Sergei Sorokin gets the Gasly. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, Rain, stop. No, absolutely. Put Gasly in if now, it's yeah. a very long shot that Verstappen doesn't drive. But if he doesn't, absolutely put Gasly in. And watch, watch Gasly. If I don't think this scenario will happen, but if it did happen, here's what happens: Gasly goes up, outperforms Perez, in comes. Albon into AlphaTauri and gets his ass whooped by Tsunoda and isn't even let race in DTM <laughs> anymore because he's like such a pleb. Albon, no, w. Albon criminally underrated. Albon criminally. is like, getting a W in the AlphaTauri if that happens. I do have, I do have a magma hot take of my own, bro. Go on, go on. You, hang on, can uh, I just say, for, before you say that, you criticise me for having a magma hot take and then you say all my other ones are too plain. Yeah, they are. Listen, They're I've, like I've, boiled chicken. I've stuck me neck out, and you should be respectful. Brogan's white. He thinks mayonnaise is spicy. <laughs> yeah. So my take is Verstappen does come back, does not have a three-month concussion, and does come back and races the Hungaro ring. And the first thing he does is pull a Michael Schumacher and absolutely smash into Lewis Hamilton in revenge. <laughs> both of them don't get any what points. What happened in the last race. Yeah, Senna Prost situation. Ideally, take so, out Bottas as well while he's at it. I mean, do a just do a donut at the start and just like wipe out as many cars as possible. And that's the thing; it's all been very friendly up until now. And now with that, now it's going to get a bit chippy. With the tweet, I think. I think if out. Hamilton, go on. If if Hamilton starts on pole and Verstappen's behind him, I think he dive bombs the first 100%. corner, like barely any brakes whatsoever, and just I'll let I'll let Hamilton break for me. Like I'll just use him as me brakes and. You know, Hungaroring heavy braking zone first turn. Yeah. So yeah. Boys, here's a good hot take. Helmet Marco to hit Lewis Hamilton a loaf <laughs> next week. The here's boy the was Helmut very Marco upset. Helmet Marco to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He was walking around making absolutely a. Arre- he was calling the police for like <laughs> trying to get him arrested for assault. Yeah. Imagine that's a hot take now. Lewis Hamilton to miss next race. Lewis Hamilton to get fourteen. Penalty points on his driver's license. <laughs> there you go. Bonus. Put money on right now, George Russell W. Because yeah. if if Lewis Hamilton, yeah, George Russell to race for Williams. That's what that means. <laughs> anyway, is that all the hot takes? Anything else? Anyone? Else That's say? all my hot takes. Yeah. Brian? Sergey Sorokin to get a seat. Sergey. Sorokin. I would. I would like. I would like the podcast social media to announce my victories on my hot takes from last week, and we should start keeping track of these. Okay. Okay. We'll 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 look into that. But 
that is all for this week we won't be back next week but we will be back the week after that for the hungarian grand prix and then it's some stupid amount of weeks until the next race because it's the, the summer break so we'll try and come up with something to have just somewhere in the middle of that break um but yeah until then thank you for listening and we'll see you all next time